Hi, this is Kate Thomas, and you are listening to Travel Pro Theory, the podcast for questions and answers. If you want to submit your question, the best way to send it in is to DM me on the gram at Travel Pro Theory. Let's get into it. All right, friends, today's episode is a little bit different because if you have been following along on Instagram with us for the last, I don't know, week or so, depending on when this drops, a week or so at the time of recording, you know that there's been a lot of discussion and it has been really good and really insightful. So this is more of a let's talk it out a little further in a longer format. This is a let's talk the state of the industry right now, what we're all seeing So first, start out identifying some problems, and then let's talk about potential solutions. Also, by the time this airs, um, I will have written an article for Travel Age West. Shout out Travel Age West. I love them. They are always so sweet and kind. I've written for them before, and um, it's just always an honor to be included in their publication in any way. Um, So I've written on this topic. You can go see it there. But all formats allow for a different way to communicate, a different way to talk it out. And that's part of the reason I love a podcast is it allows for informal in-depth, right? It's a little longer form. It's not as short as a story. It's not as concise, although I definitely went over my word count um, as an article. So here we go. Let's dig into it. So what have we been noticing in the industry, right? We've all been feeling it. If you are listening to this, I am sure you have felt stressed out, overwhelmed, overworked, and underpaid, right? Our industry is really difficult right now. Our job has never been easy. Um, the travel industry is an, it's an interesting beast, <laughs> right? It is a, our industry as a whole is a, is a, so many contradictions in one thing. Because from the outside looking in, our job looks fun, like a fantasy. It's vacations. It's exciting. It's travel. It's new destinations. It's exploring. And there is an element of that. However, if you've been in the industry for any length of time, you know what the reality of it is, which is a lot of admin work and customer service and time on the phone and time in your inbox and double checking everything 10,000 times, right? And then there's there's the fact that our industry is so spread out, right? This isn't this isn't new, right? When, when TBT was founded, when me and Heather were on this podcast in the beginning, if you go back and listen to those early day episodes, we were talking about it then, um, how we all exist on an island a little bit. Everything is so spread out. It's just, there's there's so many, it's so easy to enter the industry, which is great, but that lack of barrier to entry, that lack of structure makes us so spread out. But at the same time, our industry has this really incredible sense of community. Once you've been here a minute, it's very quick to realize everybody knows everybody <laughs> in some way, right? We're all connected. And so understanding that our industry is complicated in general. And then now there's obviously uh, been a pandemic. We're still in it for the past two years. And things have changed, right? The rules of the game have changed. And we are feeling it. And so here was 
the takeaways from the conversations that I was having over on Instagram, both what you could see in the polls and in the question boxes where I shared the answers, but also behind the scenes, right? And phone calls and chatting with friends and with colleagues, DMs, and getting more in depth. The general feeling is advisors are frustrated with suppliers. What they're noticing is mainly a slowdown, right? That's the short version of it. It's just that things are slower. It's taking longer to get a proposal. Once you get a proposal, it's not always what you asked for. And then just wait times in general for any responses, any answers to questions. And when you look at it from just that perspective, it makes it seem like, okay, well, suppliers are dropping the ball. But if we look at it from the supplier's perspective, what we as suppliers, my fellow suppliers I've talked to have noticed, one, we are having a very hard time getting the information we need from our ground vendors, right? Hotels, guides, things of that nature. Pretty much everyone is short-staffed and everyone's also just burnt out. Um, And it just takes like the amount of time it takes me personally to book activities that used to take under five minutes. I mean, we're talking days and weeks to get it confirmed and confirmed correctly. And at that point, I can pass it on to the advisor. So there is a slowdown. Absolutely. The other thing uh, we're noticing on the supplier side is it feels like a lack of vetting uh, from advisors requests coming in from clients. Um, And that could be for a lot of reasons. One is traveler expectations. We're going to really dive into that in a moment. Two, advisors are busy. (laughs) So there's a a little bit of a hot potato (laughs) in the industry right now. It's like, yeah, I don't know if this is realistic, but I'm going to put it um, in an email and send it to you and you tell me. But the time it takes to read through a detailed request kind of take a look and make some points and respond, that adds to the workload. It really does. Um, and that that's part of the slowdown too. So what do we do? Right? We're all feeling it. And I think a root of the, a lot of the problem is those traveler expectations. Right now, they are, they expect things to be cheap. Um, they think that there's deals, which I find um, fascinating. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I think there's an assumption that because of the pandemic, things have opened up versus things are harder to get. So they think that the pricing hasn't changed when we all know it's higher. They think there's an assumption of availability, of availability, and when there isn't, the same availability. And there's also a lot of special requests, um, way more activities. You know what I mean? Um, they, they want everything. And I get it. I get it. Think of the, the average traveler as just the average person. And they're experiencing what we are all experiencing, which is everything in our lives costs more. Groceries are high. Gas is high. Daycare is insanely expensive. <laughs> and just the constant struggle of the past few years, especially. It's just weighing on us. I personally don't have the mental space to know what's going on in other industries. Like I hear about it a little bit, you know, my husband is an architect 
and the company he works for, they are experiencing like the struggle to get certain supplies that they use um, in the in the buildings he's designing. I mean, he's like forever sending out like approving substitutions because stuff's not available. Um, my brother is in construction. I hear about it from his side too. So we, I, I'm sure that's the same for everybody, right? We're a little bit hearing about it. We hear about the supply chain and, you know, things being slow everywhere. But I, I genuinely don't think that the average person is connecting the dots to travel being an industry because travel seems like fun. It doesn't seem like a business. From the outside looking in, it's all those things I said at the beginning. It is, it's exploring. It's it's going around. It's it's trying new things. They don't see the background. They don't see the work of it, and that's fine. It's not their job to. It's not their job. So I think the average person is just getting through day to day, and they're thinking, "I need a break. <laughs> I need a break, and I need it now." And you know what? These are all the things that I want. But also, everything in my life costs more money, so I only have this budget that I can allow, and I only have these dates that I can make work. And that's just not always possible. It's just not always possible. And so I feel like part of our struggle right now is that we as an industry... I think we need to shift gears, guys. I think we need to shift our messaging at the bare minimum, but I also I think we need to change how we operate. I don't think what we're doing now is super sustainable. I I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. I without sounding like a major Debbie Downer. <laughs> I don't know that it's just for this year. Like, yes, we all, I think we can all say like, yeah, 2022, obviously we're going to slog through. We're already in busy season. Let's get through the season. But what happens when we get into 2023 and our problems are still here? What happens? The way that we operate right now, advisors, what you provide is above and beyond what was expected of the average travel advisor years ago, back when I started in the industry. Itineraries have gotten longer. Proposals have gotten longer. Everything is perfectly packaged, branded, and beautiful. And that takes time. There's client touch points, this client experience. It's not just they book and then wait until time to go. Certainly not that anymore. We've always played a little bit of a role of therapist, right, for people who are traveling. And that has only increased because now we're in a pandemic. There's constant restrictions. And yes, things are opening up. But if you think that just because the restrictions go away, that the questions about the restrictions go away, it doesn't. It doesn't. We are going to be answering those questions for quite some time. Um, people are going to be like, oh, do I need to test? Do I need to do this? And the time it takes us to answer those questions, that is part of the workload, right? It's taking longer than it should. So 
how do we move forward? How do we move forward when suppliers, we, I've beaten this topic to death in previous podcasts, suppliers um, don't charge a fee to advisors. And understandably, it doesn't work. I can't think of a version of this where it works, where a traveler would agree to pay a fee to the agent and a fee to the supplier because they don't even understand how many people are in the chain of, of the planning of their trip. But that means your suppliers are also helping you as an advisor. And I say you because I know most of the, I know we have suppliers and advisors that listen to this podcast, but it's majority advisors. Your suppliers are helping you pull that off, right? Especially your smaller boutique ones. They are helping you put together these beautiful proposals, delivering on the expectations of the client creating activities, surprising them with special experiences. And even more so recently, um, there's been more asks of the supplier, right, than back when I started. Um, Back when I got started in the industry, advisors did not ask suppliers to do things like send a welcome, ask for a welcome amenity in every single hotel, set this up here, be available, um, 24-7 here in case their client needs to ask a non-urgent question. Do you know what I mean? So like as, as advisors have added to their client experience, they have offloaded some of that experience onto the suppliers. So that has increased the workload without increasing revenue because these are all not not paid items on the supplier side. I mean, it may increase some revenue on the advisor side if you're charging a fee and creating this experience. But if your supplier is helping provide any of that experience, they're not getting revenue for that. That's not compensated time or effort. So how does that work long-term? How, how do we reconcile that things take longer <laughs> now without addressing the fact that we do more now than we used to? How do we keep that high level of expectation of client experience that we we want to provide, you know, above and beyond? And I'm not even saying, I'm like, we're not even in the like personal touch and service of this. That's, to me, that's obvious. Of course, we should provide that. They're booking with a human, they want a human experience. I am saying all of these touch points that we've added that have become an expectation, especially post-COVID, because now we're, well, not post-COVID, current COVID, now that we have to reassure clients constantly. What does that mean? What does that mean when we've added all of this work, but we're unhappy that it takes longer? How, How do we sustain that as an industry. I don't know what that answer is. I don't know if it keeps working long-term. It's interesting because I remember Heather and I having this conversation in, I don't know, 2018, 2019. Even then, it was like, I don't know that the traditional supplier-advisor relationship lasts forever. Uh, On its current trajectory, hmm, I think it's unlikely, to be honest. We're getting real honest here. I I I don't think it's like about to stop working the way it works, you know, 
next year or the next five years. Our industry's slow. We don't change fast. It's one of our <laughs> one of our downfalls. People are very hesitant to try new things and change how the model looks. But I do think it's going to change. I do. I don't think it's sustainable long term. I don't even know that that's a bad thing. That's fine. Industries evolve and change. But what do we do now? How do we correct? How do we course correct on the feeling of we're working more than what it's worth, right? The time spent per trip has gone up so much that it's, is it worth it? And this is me. I'm not, I'm, I, I am asking myself this question all the time. I'm figuring it out. We're all figuring it out. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And how do we shift? So here's what I think. Here are things I think we can do now to hopefully see some improvement. One, I think we need to embrace the reality that not every trip should be planned by a travel advisor. I think that we spent way too much time as an industry focusing on, oh, why book online when you could get personal service from me for free? And then we're mad that they expect it. <laughs> we get frustrated because your client wants you to be available all the time. Meanwhile, we positioned ourselves against OTAs who were available all the time. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I've often seen, I mentioned this in the, in the article I wrote for Travel Age West, I've, I've seen very often, and I, and I like the comparison, um, different travel pros um, trying to position our role in the, uh, in comparing it to other, other industries, for example you know, a lawyer. You pay a lawyer for their time, their high fee. It's a professional service. You're an accountant, you're financial planner. And putting a travel pro into that same role of this is a long-term personal relationship. It is a serious investment. You are trusting this person with your money and your time off. Take it seriously. And I love that. I love those comparisons. The problem is that we as an industry do not hold ourselves to that standard. First of all, the lack of barrier to entry is going to make that nearly impossible. People don't question lawyers' prices because they can't go out and sign up to be a lawyer tomorrow like you can get into the industry, the travel industry tomorrow. It's just not the same there. But also, we don't hold boundaries. I think there are industries that we could pull a page from. Creative industry, for example, are designers. People are doing graphics, web design, um, even VAs, uh, photographers, wedding vendors, that, that type of service. I think that a little more falls in line with what we do, where there's not necessarily a barrier to entry. It is just building up your client base and providing a service. The last time I checked, <laughs> Graphic designers aren't sending you a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of logo designs that they created custom for you, hoping that you pick one and pay them. But that's what we do. 
right? We put together custom trip proposals and send it and hope that they love it and that they decide to book it and then nothing changes between the time that they ask and the time that they receive it. We shoulder a lot of the responsibility of their decision-making, right? We pay a lot out of pocket. I think we have to address that too. I don't know if you know this about suppliers, but I can't even tell you how much money I'm just like eating in the past year because things, stuff that is taking me so long to get from my people on the ground, and then it comes back a couple weeks later and it's a different price. Well, I can't go, I can't turn around and send that out. So I just absorb it. And I know a lot of, I know some other suppliers are doing it. I know some advisors are doing similar. Right. But we don't see this happen in other industries, not in the same way. When you have a VA and you signed on for a package or a social media manager and they provided the work, you owe them for that work. You don't get to decide <laughs> that, oh, wait, never mind. I changed my mind, right? You sign a contract and you pay for services. And that's how those things should work. So when, do, when are we going to change in our industry? When are we going to start holding ourselves to the same standards? Because they're not going to, guys. Travelers are not going to make this change themselves. At the beginning of COVID, all the conversations were like, people will never question if they should use a travel pro again. Uh, really? Because it looks like they sure as shit are <laughs> and that they have high expectations and a low budget. <laughs> I, I just, I think we need to change our role in the industry. And I think it starts with us. They, they are not going to position us as a luxury service uh, and role in their lives. We have to decide and set the boundary that that's what we are and that's what we want to be. It starts with people stopping advertising themselves as free. That's got to end. And I think it stops with us trying to be of service to all types of trips. Let's decide that we can only take on, you know, more luxury trips. If you want a trip that has a personal touch, personal planning, it comes at a cost. And the rest, they, they can. there's resources. They can plan that themselves. And this isn't a, a, a value judgment on what people can spend or the time they can take. It's simply stating the facts. It's not, I mean, if, when we talk low-budget trips, I think sometimes advisors um, don't understand the how little the margin is on the supplier. Like it's, I don't... And not that you should. If you're an advisor listening, I don't think that you should know this. Your suppliers are just, they're also just making a commission of the trip, right? It's a markup. It's a percentage. It's based on how much the trip is. So when a lower budget something comes in, at, when you look at something and think, wow, am I going to work on this off and on for, you know, the next six months of to make $400. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think that's a good business decision for me. Um, I just think we have to stop making ourselves so available. We have to stop being so available. 
and I don't, I struggle with how to say this. I struggle with how to say, let's set these limits and not everyone should use a a travel advisor. I don't want to sound, you know, elitist and like we should only be for X, Y, Z, but you know, we don't also use a professional service for everything in our lives. Right. I mean, if I want to just simply file an LLC, yes, I could pay a lawyer or I can do it myself. It's really not that difficult. Or there's in-between services, aka like the OTAs, legal zoom, stuff like that. I just think if we want to be valued professionals, that we're going to have to start holding ourselves to that standard and and change. We got to open up space for the stuff that's creating revenue and is worth the time, experience, and expertise that we are putting into it. All right. That's my thoughts on that. <laughs> that's my thoughts on that. So going forward, if you're on board, I challenge you, change your messaging. Stop saying free. Stop saying reach out to you for everything. Instead, say what to reach out to you for. Be specific. I can take on trips that are X budget and above for these destinations. If you're looking for summer months, it's going to have to be this budget and above because of availability. Save yourself some time. Honestly, stop advertising yourself as free. Please start charging fees. If we all do it as an industry, it is the norm. And then we have to, then we don't no longer have to have the conversation of like, how do I explain my fee? It would be expected. I challenge you to set boundaries. Set boundaries. You don't have to be available all the time. You don't have to provide super custom work when you just know from the request they're just not going to go, that they just needed to daydream for a moment. You don't have to indulge that, giving you permission to just say nope and keep moving. Yeah. I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts. I'd love to hear keep the conversation going. I know this episode's a little longer than usual, but I've just enjoyed these talks so much in the last week or so. Um, it's just really been insightful for me and uh, how I'm going to be making these shifts for myself. So I would love to hear from you. Uh, shoot me a DM at Travel Pro Theory on Instagram, and I will talk to you all next time. Bye.